0: Welcome to the Meeting Yourself Podcast. I'm Farrah, your host, and today on the pod, we have Ronnie, and I am... So excited for you to be here. Um, Ronnie is actually a school counselor over in Korea and he is doing such many things and he has traveled all around the world and so we're hoping to be able to talk a little bit more about his journeys and how that's really shaped who he is as a person and how he shows up in the world and just kind of taking that approach of being able to look um, at someone's perspective from their other shoes and I think that that's really valuable in all facets of life so thank you so much for being here.
1: Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for the serious comment of I should join this podcast. That I wasn't sure if it was serious, uh, <laughs> and here we are. So this is going to be exciting. It's going to be a, a fun a fun new thing.
0: <laughs> One week later, um, so you're on the pod. Thank you. <laughs> I do. I love to have different people because I think everyone has their own unique story. And that's like a part of why I created the pod is to be able to share that. And I think each person is comprised of different memories and experiences. And it's like having more insight into that, I think, kind of recognizes the similarities as well as the differences in the human experience. So thank you. Yeah.
1: I, I, I love that you're doing this. Um, you know, if we've been we've known each other for quite a while. And, you know, I've been following along sure. with you, uh, the changes. And it's always fun to, um, you know, I think all, all the problems I have with social media, one of the amazing things is that mm. all of these friends and people that I've met, you know, from my early 20s, and now seeing them as these more fully formed adults, and these projects, yeah. and ideas, and getting to, you know, see what you're doing, it's it's been really cool.
0: Oh, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Yes. And so I didn't mention this, but Ronnie and I met in our, yeah, early 20s, Living in Seattle, doing doing the damn thing, having a great time though, having an amazing time. I Always would, um, you know, find ourselves in Ballard at some place. I'm, I have a feeling.
1: Yeah, damn I remember thing. a couple of uh, Revolution concerts. Oh uh,
0: yes, of course. <laughs> but... I know different. You know, I think that's the part of the beauty of like growing up with people though is that you have you get to see them in these different like areas and different forms of who they are and like that's still very much I was like I was like a different a lifetime ago but I was like I would still go to a revolution concert today and like have a great time so it's really still me
1: yeah I would for sure go I would just hope that the uh the end of my night would be a lot better than uh than it was back then
0: <laughs> what, whatever do you mean Ronnie? I don't know
1: <laughs> I, I try to drink more water um these days <laughs>
0: Well, that's the thing, it's like we would, but you know what I would have to say for our group of friends and even still now to this day is like always good vibes, you know, like lots of hmm. laughing, always a little bit of mischief, but like nothing too crazy. And, um, everyone was always in good spirits. And I think that, you know, that's all you can really hope for within a friend group, especially within your twenties and just like going out and like living life. So,
1: yeah, I, that, uh, that group particularly really like is there's like a very clear in my head this like start and end for me for my like part in that group um, and it's such yeah. like a little time capsule into like what was happening in my life um, but yeah. it was I mean I was seeing you guys that whole group you know every week um, mm-hmm. which was really fun. Um, and so like a lot of really uh, core memories from that time
0: yeah I know it was well and that was so Ronnie the full disclosure Ronnie and I met through my um exes one of his best friends from college and so I used to hang out with that crew and we were together for over 10 years so like we I used to go out but I was always the little fly on the wall I was like probably the one girl that was like consistently there because I was dating one of them and then like then I just got to see all the shenanigans which was always hilarious and but not also always in like the peripheral so like it was never fully fully participating but you guys used to I was gonna say this would seem so inappropriate. Phoebe, you are a gem and I haven't met you yet, but I love you. But you guys used to slay the ladies. There was always a lot of a rotation of ladies coming through. I
1: yeah, I think that was Dan. Uh, I'm gonna uh, <laughs> say Dan was uh, Dan was the ladies' man. He uh, he was the most charismatic, oh, one of the most charismatic people I I think I've ever met. Um, but yeah, love a party. Um, you know, it's the sort of person that draws people in, which I was the reason that I started hanging out with him uh, as well?
0: Yeah, I know he is. He's a good time, but um, and I know he was actually in our wedding. But long story short, back to Iranian <laughs> why we're here today. But I um, but yeah. So then there was like this time period where yeah, I was seeing you all the time, and then you kind of uh, took off and kind of like went around the world to a certain extent. Have you actually gone like in a way like fully around the world into different countries, like spotted around?
1: Yeah. So I was, um, you know, I figured you'd ask that question. So I actually like, That's, got out, I got did out not piece, even
0: think about it until this moment. This
1: <laughs> I got out a piece of paper and I was like, all right, I gotta like try to remember the places that I've been. So I think it's yeah. 39 countries now. Wow. Um, I've traveled to, yeah. um, I've not been to Antarctica. Um, otherwise mm-hmm. I've been to, um, all the other continents, but, uh, I'd love to go to Antarctica. Yeah. It's just, you can only get there by boat and I get so seasick.
0: Oh, I was like just the practicality of it. You're like, I just don't want to do it. What yeah, what do you do in Antarctica? Yeah, I know. I was like, do you just like I know I was like, what's like the draw of it, if you will?
1: Um, I mean, I think the the fact that it's so hard to get to and so few people have. Um yeah. there's also mm-hmm. the kind of like the isolation piece. Um, but then my mm-hmm. my father in law and brother in law have both been there. Um, oh, and okay. So seeing like the photos and videos, like it does look pretty cool. It would be a, a fun experience, but um, not on the uh, short bucket list at the moment.
0: No, well, and it'll be something you'd never forget. And there's much more time in life to live, so there's an opportunity you might be able to make it later on too. So, what what inspired you? Have you always been one to love to travel? Is that always just kind of if you always had that bug or?
1: No, not at all. Um, I I had a pretty like white america upbringing and existence um and i mean there were there were like you know we'd do trips to mexico and i did like a senior trip to um, to europe um, and things like that but travel wasn't a big part of my life um funnily mm-hmm. enough it was uh, it was evan um oh really my, my cousin um who you know during that time which you know we were talking about <laughs> earlier which was a lot of fun but not exactly a uh, a great time for me kind of like personally um, Mm -hmm. just with all the change that was happening and it was Evan um, who had sent me a Facebook message one day and he was like hey cuz why don't you come hang out with me I'm down in Nicaragua I'm surfing you know why don't you uh, head down here and it was just one of those things it was the right message at the right time and Mm -hmm. I was like yeah why don't I um wow. and so I think it was probably like five weeks after that I was on a plane mm-hmm.
0: um, no found to
1: see him which, um you know didn't happen um
0: yeah I was just thinking whole, about that
1: a whole different story but I mean that that one message um, definitely set my life on a different path um hmm. and then I was there I was in Costa Rica and by myself and scared and you know was pretty unsure yeah. about the decisions that had led me there and um. Yeah. Let's then started to kind of find, um, an appreciation for that experience. Um, so the people that I started to meet, um, Mm -hmm. and a lot of the things that I was able to kind of let go of, you know, what I had been doing and what I've been focused on, um, back Mm -hmm. in Washington, really that I think took root in what I was kind of searching for after, after that trip, you know, it's not one of those things where I came back and like, Oh, I'm a new person, but I think there was definitely Mm -hmm. now, um, a very specific pull that I started to have in kind of the choices I made as I um, started thinking about what the rest of my life would look like.
0: Yeah, well, in Costa Rica, I think is a good introduction to travel within South America because I think the people and the culture are very welcoming for the most part, at least that's what I experienced when I was there. And, It's also, I think it gets the fear of like going to another country where you don't necessarily speak the language or know anyone, especially alone. Like that takes, that's a bold move. I've not gone to another country on, not to another country, I've traveled quite a bit um, doing solo trips recently. Um, But that was, it was a huge fear I had to get over before even kind of going down that road. So it's kind of, sounds like you kind of got pulled into it. And then after that, maybe even got like familiar with the process. So it didn't seem as intimidating.
1: Well, it was, it was still scary. And I mean, I think, I mean, being alone and talking to strangers is is always going to be somewhat intimidating, yeah. but um, it was yeah. a real blessing that, you know, <laughs> not, not for Evan necessarily. Although I think he, he would no, say that yeah. it worked out well for him in the end, but um, had I gone down there and met him, you know, I would have definitely, you know, followed along with him and, and met the people he'd been yeah, hanging out true. with. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas what ended up happening was, I was kind of faced with, okay, I got to make friends or I'm just going to sit here by myself. Um, Which, yeah,
0: what's the point then? Yeah,
1: Right. And so it forced me to start having conversations and just walking up to people and sitting down with them and saying, hey, how's it going? Where are you from? Mm -hmm. Um, And then you start to, you know, you meet some amazing people and you hear these stories. And so it kind of becomes addicting. um, And like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's still like there's that trepidation and that kind of um, anxiety about it. But then. Yeah. Like you see what happens on the other side of those kind of new relationships, and and I think especially mm-hmm. in in these vulnerable situations like traveling, um, mm-hmm. the relationships happen fast, right? You give, have these sure. like fast relationships mm-hmm. where you kind of jump in and you don't have any kind of history with people. Um, so that mm-hmm. that part was really exciting.
0: Yeah, it's like a fresh slate, and I think some of my favorite travel trips have been me randomly and I feel like it's always usually when I'm on my own because I think when you're with other people you just tend to stick with whatever group you're with but when you're alone it's like well I got like either I'm going to be doing nothing or I'm just gonna like chat with somebody and I think it I at least think that it's really an invitation to listen to your intuitions like understanding the little spidey sense of seeing where you naturally get drawn into going and then from there it's like there's no expectation right i think then that all goes out the window which i think there's a freedom to that too
1: yeah yeah i agree
0: yeah where where would you say it's probably been or is there a place that you can say that's probably had the biggest impact on you
1: oh man um hmm. i don't know if there's like a singular place um that's had like the biggest hmm. You know what, that's, I would say probably um, when we moved to Saudi Arabia, um, that's probably had the biggest impact um, mm-hmm. for a number of reasons, right? I don't think it's just the place. I think, you know, so so me and my wife, we um, we got jobs at an international school there in Riyadh. Um, and so mm-hmm. that was, um, God, how long ago was that now? Seven years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that probably has had the biggest impact on our lives in in that like the the culture in the middle east uh you know meeting students and people from such backgrounds that were very much like growing up uh like something i didn't engage with at all the idea of a muslim culture very much like Mm -hmm. the other um and so i think that was probably the biggest shift in like being in a culture that was really, really unfamiliar. Um, mm-hmm. But then as well as like the 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 work, you know, working with the students there, the people that we met, um, I think mm-hmm. really kind of cemented this idea of this, you know, living internationally. Um, and I don't know you know, if we'll ever live in either one of our homes again, which is the US for me and Australia for her, um, and this Mm -hmm. idea that we'll kind of continue to make new communities in different parts of the world. uh, um, Again, just one of those things that was really scary at the beginning, but then like, oh, this is seeing the other side of that kind of fear, um, Mm -hmm. all the things that it opened up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which is um, kind of incredible to hear that you've done it multiple times, that you continue and that you continue to seek it out. I think sometimes people are like, well, I do this, it's scary, but like, you know, I'll never do it again kind of thing. And you're like, no, we made it through. And now like, I want to see what else I can do, how else I can push my boundaries, which I think just shows a growth mindset in general and kind of just like who you are as a person. So, but like Saudi Arabia, like that is, and I, you know, do I dare say like when we're growing up that. Muslim culture in general was kind of villainized to a certain extent, and so for like to be able to go there and to just be able to be a part of that, like how did that open up your world? How did that change your perspective?
1: I think it's it's very much that right, like um, the the lens that we view the world is is all from our own experiences, right? It's what we've been exposed mm-hmm. to, and um, you know, I, I I look back at the way that I saw the world and would think about the world you know in in my teens and early 20s and you know on one side Mm -hmm. there's like some shame about that but then on the other side there's like some forgiveness because I understand that like what opportunities there were um to Mm -hmm. you know experience different cultures and ideas and and beliefs um but it's that's been part of this like kind of evolution to trying to be more open-minded and continue to like try new things in new places um Mm -hmm. i don't i'm always a little like um cognizant of the fact that you know routines um are really easy um and it's easy Mm -hmm. to get comfortable in places but that's not always the best for me i think personally um i think Mm -hmm. that change sometimes um is a good opportunity for reflection and some kind of purposeful cool. changes that I can make in my life versus the kind of path mm-hmm. of least resistance, which um, tends to happen with me when I kind of start to feel settled in a place.
0: Yeah, it's like, and it, this sounds negative, but I think that there can be a comfortable complacency to it. The like you just get 100%. from that routine. It's like, but then to reevaluate, to even just like be prompted to reevaluate how you're approaching something can be an invitation to be able to you know, up level in some way, in whatever way that is life's presenting itself at that time.
1: Yeah, it's a real like forced reflection. Um, mm-hmm. And and yeah. again, like I'm, I think my kind of base instinct is to be lazy. Um, I know that about myself. Uh, it's,
0: <laughs> it's way
1: way more enjoyable, but um having these things that that push me and force me to to do these work right. It's mm-hmm. getting back to that first traveling into Costa Rica, where it's like. I'd way rather just sit on the beach with my cousin and talk about, you know, things that we grew up with and, you know,
0: old nostalgic. history, but yeah. that's not
1: necessarily good for my like, um, evolution as a human. Um, and so mm-hmm. having, having these moments that kind of force me to like, okay, I've got to make some like very purposeful choices and I've got to think about the mm-hmm. the next steps is just, is healthy for me.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, and I, you know, we were kind of talking about how like public speaking might not be one of your favorite things. And maybe but you do seem very social. So I'm like, and maybe when we met, and it maybe it was just the environment but I felt like we were just like a really um, kind of outgoing group. But do you like how, how did you bridge this gap of communication with new people and like kind of making these connections when you're out and traveling and going to new places? Because I think that's like more intimidating than most things for most people.
1: Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's just like white knuckling it, right? Like sometimes you just <laughs> don't have an, uh, an option. Um, I, so before, like, so in my early, early twenties, I worked in outside sales, um, mm-hmm. and that job, um, there were a lot of skills that I learned in that job, um, you know, in face-to-face mm-hmm. sales that have yeah. be it really helped me, um, along the way. So the ability to kind of like, have uh an inner monologue going and kind of breathing through like pushing down some mm-hmm. of that like that insecurity that's always happening right you got the little like um, yeah mm-hmm. dickheads you know internal monologue who's just being a bully to yourself um you know mm-hmm. I, I definitely mm-hmm. had to learn how to like quiet that quiet that voice um mm-hmm. and so it's it's a lot of that right it's just a lot of kind of understanding. um that some of those things that fear isn't real. Um, and then when I went yeah. into my graduate, um, to, to grad school for counseling, there was a lot of <laughs> like psychological techniques that I started to learn that, um, can help others that I work with, but certainly help myself as well.
0: Yeah. What, what are a few, um, techniques, if you will, sorry, but I didn't mean to talk about this, but we're here. So let's, let's, yeah, get, let's no, <laughs> like,
1: So I'm, I'm a big, um, cognitive behavioral, um, techniques counselor. counselor. So, right. So I do a lot of CBT work, especially with the students. Mm -hmm. Um, but a lot Mm -hmm. of that is also just, it's reinforcing those things within myself. Right. And so Mm -hmm. trying to Mm -hmm. understand, is it what I'm thinking that's, that's giving, causing me fear? Is it, is there some sort of feeling? Is there something I'm doing? Right. So Mm -hmm. just trying to like pause to first understand what's happening And then, Yeah. And then secondly, kind of tapping into the logical side, right? Like using that information store that I have to, okay, this is happening. It's probably because of this. And so what are, what are the things that I know that will work for me to start to combat that? And knowing Mm -hmm. that it's not Mm -hmm. like flicking a light switch, but I can start to, you know, so public speaking, for example, I know that that fear is like an insecurity that I'm going to sound like an idiot. Right. Um, and so then it's like, okay, I know where that's coming from. What I need to do is remember that the things that I'm saying, like, are things that I know about, right. I'm familiar with the topic. Um, I'm speaking
0: on this for a reason. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I've done this before. It's fine. It might be a little uncomfortable and all of that, like, doesn't make it all of a sudden, Ooh, I'm excited. Let's go do this. But Mm -hmm. it it lessens that, that like pressure that I'm starting to feel, um, and makes Mm -hmm. it just manageable.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say it makes it more manageable, so you can actually get through it. And I think then once you lean and once you get out of your head a little bit, then you're able to just lean into the flow, and then it becomes more of an easeful experience. But really, with anything in life, I think that there's an opportunity to kind of tap into that if you're willing to be conscious of it and aware of it, and then like kind of like almost um, what's the word? Invite it in. No, I'm thinking of like harness it. You know, like harness that flow. Yeah.
1: You've got to, you've got to train yourself, right? Because yes, otherwise, exactly. if you just feel it and it can become overwhelming, um, mm-hmm. as opposed to like having your body kind of brain wired so that it's like, okay, what is this that I'm feeling? Where's it coming from? Mm-hmm. And then experiencing it, like it's fine. Yeah. Like, whatever that is, mm-hmm. the, the fear, the worry, the the sadness, like you can feel it, but understanding where it comes from is the part that can, Uh, mitigate it from all of a sudden taking over
0: that's the part is because it can get really easy to like get distracted or like get pulled into it and then you start spiraling and the storyline and then like the fears and then it's just like it becomes like almost like a a storm within your mind and then that's what takes you out completely and that's when it becomes paralyzing I think for a lot of people in those moments too
1: our minds are really mean sometimes and it tricks us mm-hmm. into thinking that oh this is how it's always going to be now we're never going to feel whatever it was mm-hmm. that we felt before mm-hmm. this is going to keep getting worse and then yeah. those thoughts which aren't helpful at all just make compound wow. it they make it worse
0: mm-hmm. well and I think then there's almost there's an opportunity for us to either change the behavior or like I, I love I love cognitive behavioral therapy it's one of my I feel like it's one of the most effective techniques too but like you have it's a so- choice it's- it's so like, it's so like, stri- like, it's like simple and to the point in a way, you know, and it's like, this is, you know, replace this with this. But I, um I, I used to work for 1-800-QUIT-NOW. So I used to be a cognitive behavioral therapist for addiction yeah. in particular. And so, which is very like simplified, but was something that I just never really heard of it and been introduced to it with my psychology background. So then to be able to like, apply it into my own life I was like oh I get this it's like very easy for me to be able to recreate this and like talk about it don't mind um, Isabella she's are you getting a little scared she's watching The Nightmare Before Christmas and she getting <laughs> yeah, a, she's getting sure. she's like mom yeah. it's scary it's scary <laughs> now she doesn't normally watch scary movies so This is a special treat because it's Halloween, but um, anyhow, so I I digress, we'll come back in. But um, there is, I think there is this opportunity for us Though once you become aware of something, though, I think the first step is awareness. Once you become aware of something, then you have the opportunity to change the behavior. If you want to, you know, if you're like, I don't want to necessarily, I want to be able to do this. I want to learn from this. I want to grow. Then like, sometimes the only way to do is just to do it and then give yourself a couple tools to be able to handle whatever comes up, whatever comes to the surface.
1: Yeah. um, I I think it's funny, right? You were saying that when you first learn about it, it seems so simple, like almost too simple. Um, You -hmm. know, I know I, I, I to my students a lot about um, different cognitive behavioral techniques and I'm like, Mm -hmm. I sometimes have to be aware that like, I know that this probably seems like I'm just like making something up and there's no way that that will work but it, but it will like, this isn't me like, making really it up. This is science. This is like, <laughs> try it, it will work.
0: Yeah. And once they see the results of it, I think then that. but it builds confidence too. You know, yeah. like you see the results, you recognize the change and you're like, oh, I can do this. And I think then that's what then evolves and changes. And then you're like, oh, and then I can, if I can apply it to this, then I could probably apply it to these things too. And then see the benefits from it. But then- um the yeah. key is the
1: first time, right? Like if you can do something mm-hmm. once you can do it twice. And if you can do it twice, you can do it a mm-hmm. hundred times. Mm-hmm. It's,
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: just the, like, and then that becomes like, it reinforces it in your brain. Like I've done this before. I can handle that.
0: Right? Yeah. A hundred percent. I think that is like one of overcoming like the fear of the risk of it like when something feels kind of risky I think that that's what when fear takes hold and it almost um deters us from moving forward but it's like if you lean into the fear and like almost have some type of like you know some like some things in your arsenal it's like I can do this if I just like listen to myself and believe in myself and also use the techniques that I know I've already learned and integrated into my life and mindfulness that's why mindfulness took me on such a different turn because I recognized the power of my thoughts and the fact that I was actually in control of my mind and I was like oh I can slow this down I can like be present I can actually stop like like psyching myself out of it and then once I started doing that I was like Oh, like this is like the world's my, like I have, there's life is limitless. If I choose, like I'm the only person that can actually put a ceiling on what I can accomplish.
1: There's, it's, it's such a blessing that I, I get to do this work with students because it's, it's mm-hmm. again, good reminders for myself as well. I, I did a mindfulness activity with, uh I think it was my juniors, I don't know, maybe a month or two ago. Um, And just mm-hmm. like a little, we did like a little kind of like um awareness activity Mm -hmm. you know can you be aware of your foot of your left knee of your ear can you Mm -hmm. like block out all those intrusive thoughts um yeah and i just every time i do it i've done it every year that i've I've, you know been in korea and every year we go through it and the whole time i'm like god i'm so bad at this i need to do better like it's a good reminder for me (laughs) of how many thoughts i have all the time and that it's still like an ongoing process that i'm working on
0: yeah. Turning them off. I think that's the internal, turning off the internal dialogue, especially like was one of my uh, friends used to always called it the itty bitty shitty committee, like those, like kind of like, <laughs> like um, that's, a, that's like, a
1: great phrase.
0: Because <laughs> it It's kind of just like this little like voice that's just like telling you why you're not good enough. And it's like, no, no, no. Like just be here if actually you were just to do it you probably would grow you probably would be able to like be better at it in that moment just by trusting yourself a little bit more and so much i was so afraid to teach yoga when i first started teaching yoga i've been teaching for mm-hmm. over 10 years now and it's like i would get caught up in my words and like i'm getting paid to do it so i'm like these people are probably pissed that i'm the person that teach you like i would always have this like like self-criticism that would come to the surface and then once I finally kind of learned, I had to, like I literally do rituals before I teach every time to kind of get me into like the zone, if you will, so that I can be really present. And once I do that, then I have like these really like almost spiritual experiences with my students and they can feel it. I can feel it. And it's like, all I had to do was get out of my own way. And like that, but that took a lot of practice and a lot of time to be able to achieve that for sure.
1: Yeah, and here I am over here just like doing yoga and being like, "Oh my god, I'm so tired." Oh my god, I'm doing the wrong. Everybody's looking at me.
0: <laughs> I see that meme, but it's like, like a person, and it's like, like it's like a duck, and it has like a butt, like a million ducklings all around it, and they're all like pecking at it all over, and it's like me, and it's like all of my thoughts as I'm doing something, and it's like, it, but that's the reality. Like, how do you like? How do you turn off the voice? Like, I'm just curious, what has been effective for you?
1: I mean, I do, I don't I think it is is the truth. I, I try.
0: <laughs> I know you see this like huh, huh, I don't know if I can't do that quite yet.
1: No, it's it's all such um, it's all hard work, like um, which which I I appreciate and I think I hope it makes me better at what I at like my work as a counselor um, because mm-hmm. I'm I'm just very aware of like all the shit that I'm dealing with all the time um and then I'm like even with the like the experience and the techniques and the training um but still having to like remind Mm -hmm. myself each week and then having times in my life where it's like I'm able to go oh like I'm feeling like I I can notice it when I start to get a little more abrupt in my like the way I speak to people Mm -hmm. I'm like yeah okay I gotta like check in where's this coming from something's going on and it's usually mm-hmm. if I kind of think back it's like I haven't been doing the things that I need to be doing yeah um, yeah so that's really good I think it's just what a, do you, it's a, oh, process God. yeah
0: what do you do like when you say like the things that you not doing things you should be doing what are those things
1: it is the that that switch that like okay, what am I feeling, right? That processing piece, as opposed mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. just being in the feelings aspect, All right, So it's trying to bring okay. again, that awareness because um, I think it's a small step, but it is a step, right? Because mm-hmm. our bodies and our minds want to automate everything. And so we mm-hmm. feel, you know, I'm driving and I'm just getting shitty because somebody, you know, drove in front of me or braked or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, am I able to like actually process and like deal with that Mm -hmm. or do I just feel the anger and resentment and whatever and then carry that into my next interaction and that starts to compound and so just trying to like break cycles um, Mm -hmm. as much as possible there's gonna be lots of times where I'm still and especially the car one's a bad example because I'm just gonna always get (laughs) shitty I think
0: but, like that probably will never change, but yeah, about yeah it, I mean,
1: about it. Don't don't ask my wife. She'll just say that I'm not <laughs> when there's traffic. Um, but
0: who it, is again, who is? Right. Actually. I'm not
1: I'm not shooting for perfection. Um, but it's okay, what about in my next interaction? Can I then like can that be the one that I process, right? Can I just do more of that and less of that?
0: Yeah. And can you almost allow whatever has occurred before to dissolve so that it doesn't carry over i think that that's like a lesson all in that zone too to be able to not and that could be like in an interaction or multiple interactions throughout your day or even from one situation that resembles another situation to not assume that that's gonna it's gonna have the same results even
1: that's something that i that i am good at um that um <laughs> i can compartmentalize really well and then i can kind of I would say I'm not as good at the kind of front end being aware um, as I'd like to be. Um, but then usually mm-hmm. after the feeling part, the, like the post feeling processing aspect is something that I do have like as a, as a routine, like, so when I yeah. do have feelings, I'm usually pretty good at having that inner kind of awareness and dialogue to like go through and re rethink through like what happened right whether it's an interaction Mm -hmm. with a coworker Mm -hmm. or a student or just something in my life and then I can kind of like go through the steps understand what it was that I felt where it came from and then kind of like put that away now okay I understood that um that Mm -hmm. that's something that I usually am pretty good at
0: yeah how did you is that something that you learned over time is that something that you learned through like school or is that something of practice that you've um picked up along the way
1: that was counseling work. That was, that was grad school. And then, and then doing um, individual um, counseling as well, like um, as a client um, and just continuing to utilize those things. Um, um, And I think what we were talking about earlier, like once you've done it once, you can do it twice. That just like, it was easier for me to do that um, than some of the other things that I'm kind of still having to work on.
0: Yeah. That's one thing that I, I'm really, so um, I got my undergrad in counseling and did a lot of like um, kind of like advocacy work, but more for like really heavy um, like suicide, depression, mm-hmm. um, sexual assault, domestic um, violence, those kinds of tra- like really kind of more hardcore trauma situations. And um, to be able to hold space for someone within that, but also for it to be productive. I felt like I needed to be able to like have a system in place for me to be able to support people through that, not to just like kind of ruminate in a way, which can be really easy to do. Um, But through that process, I feel like I've now can really look at something and really almost objectively, sometimes too objectively be able to pull out the nuggets of truth and be like, okay, this is how I'm working through this. This is how I'm overcoming this. And then this is, what I need to just like let go of. And I think that's a harder part for me is to not feel guilty or like not carry it into the future um, because I tend to be really hard on myself in general. I just know that that's something that I've struggled with for years.
1: Yeah, yeah, that holding holding that space for somebody else is such a, it's such a great skill to be able to develop um, because mm-hmm. as you said, I, I do think that being able to, Cause that really is in some ways like attached to the mindfulness of like, okay, I'm just going to be here in this and yeah. listen to what I'm hearing and f- try to feel what this other person's feeling um, mm-hmm. and kind of think about it that way. Um, Which is, which is great, right? I think then you really are very present. Um And then that skill, just, you can kind of take that and apply it to different parts of your life too
0: yeah and to be present for your or at least for my like to be present for myself to be able to allow the emotions to come up to the surface to be able to be non-judgmental and then to be able to you know move through them in a very compassionate way and it's it's just hard you know this whole life thing is not it's not easy for anybody It's, it's
1: really hard it's really hard to be a person um yeah i don't i don't know any other way to say it
0: i know one if you know to have a community around you and I think is key, you know, to be able to have those people that are like in your corner and uh, you have an amazing wife and has she, is she's also a counselor? What does she do for her profession?
1: Uh, she's a high school teacher. Um, so oh, she's teaching cool. ninth grade English and 11th grade AP English.
0: Nice. Was it been fun to be able to like, kind of both be in the school setting? Are you in the same school?
1: Yep. We're in the same school. Um, it, it is, I, I enjoy it. Um, I think, you know, when you move countries, and then you're a part of, like, when you're working at a school, like an international school, and you've moved to a Mm -hmm. a new city, a new country, um, I think the word community takes on a different feel um, Mm -hmm. than, like, when you are just working at a school in the place that you live. um, Yeah. these people, you know, that we work with take on more of a meaning. They really become family they become your community mm. they become the people that you spend time with um and then at the center of it is this work that we're all doing you know working in education um yeah. and so there's that, that commonality and so it, it is it's a fun experience it's, it's sometimes a lot um mm-hmm. it can sometimes mm-hmm. you know it's feel kind of like, well you just your everybody knows everything about one another right because everybody yeah. the school also they go out together and they uh, go do events together and they know each other's kids and they know each other's friends and they know each other's business and um yeah. so th- there is that side of it as well, um but it's uh it's I don't know, I enjoy it,
0: yeah, I think that there's a lot of playfulness with it because hold on one second. so have you so I love that you're building a community, but it sounds like here. A little immersed in one another's lives. um have you found that in every place that you've been to, or has this been kind of a unique experience that you've been here for a little bit longer? um no
1: no, so it was the same thing in Saudi, um probably mm-hmm. even to a greater extent just because there mm-hmm. the we all lived on a um compound that was attached to the school, so oh, um okay and and I think there it was just um the, the rest of the city was i think a little less accessible um Mm. to foreigners Mm -hmm. um maybe i don't know if less accessible is the right word but less inviting probably um -hmm. city like seoul and then um here people live we live in a pretty much the same area but not like all on one compound um and then there's also i think it's easier, um, or easier for me at least, uh, to do things within the city and to find communities that are outside of the school as well. Um, yeah. And so, it's, it's a little bit different, but but still the same kind of vibe. You know, the the people that you work with are a big part of the experience here.
0: Yeah, which is um, really nice. I think there's there the commonality, similar value system um, for just like having a passion for education. But then the commonality of are a lot of people from like. The states or different countries, or like of you, um, or is it people that are local?
1: Um, it it's a mix. Um, I think there's there are mm-hmm. a lot of, um, there are a lot of Americans, but you know, Canadians and Brits and Koreans and uh, Chinese and you know, people from from a lot of different places um, that have kind of found their, their way here, which is, which is fun, right? I I do think that's part of that, like getting to hear people's different perspectives um, and experiences and just, yeah, understand more, understand more about uh, people and where they come from, um, I think is always beneficial.
0: Yeah. Well, and I love the appeal. It seems like that's almost the appeal of it for you is to be able to be in these places where you are engaging with people that come from all different walks of life. And that's like you, there's like, um, do I dare say it like excite? There's something exciting about it to be able to like, just hear different people's like stories and where they come from and their own cultural beliefs and everything in between.
1: It's, it's such a, an amazing experience in that way. Um, because every new place we go and, not, and even within a new place, I mean, each new year, mm-hmm. there's people, there's new people who are showing up um you never know like is this person going to be a really important person in my life um Mm -hmm. there's obviously a cost to that because for every new person who's coming in and for every new place we go there's people leaving and places that you Mm -hmm. say goodbye to um and -hmm. so that part can be challenging um but but again i think with anything in life there is there's going to be trade-offs um and so and and it's one that i'm certainly i'm happy to make that trade
0: yeah, would you say that's one of the bigger challenges of traveling and kind of just having this, like, almost like, do I say like not trans like to say transient, but that just seems to have a negative connotation in my mind, but like this lifestyle of kind of moving and being in different places and like not having as much continuity than you may w- would be, and you know, if you were to come back home or somewhere that feels more familiar.
1: it, it is. It's a, it's a huge challenge, and you know, every you know, when you move, it's, it's really hard to say goodbye, but when other people move, um, and I think there's, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it teaches you a lot about relationships. Um, and Mm -hmm. one of the things of learning that, you know, the relationships that we have are sometimes, and I probably most of the time, the most important when you're in them. Um, Mm -hmm. but that they won't be at some other point. Right. Um, especially yeah. as you move to like, people and, and being okay with that, like
0: relationships,
1: yeah. you know, the important relationships, you know, those ones that stay with you for your entire life, they grow with you, um, you and that mm. person, um, you grow and you have shared memories, but there's a lot of relationships that I've had that were amazing. And then mm-hmm. that's kind of it. Like, you know, maybe I'll see them again, but you know, there's a good chance I won't. And and that's okay. they were really, really important to my experience and journey and their lovely memories. Um, yeah. But not like finding a way to look at that in a really positive way versus having resentment of them not being that way now. Right. Yeah. Um,
0: Almost like recognizing the value of what they were in your life at that time versus mm-hmm. trying to force them to be something more than that necessarily, right Like life does yeah. go on even and it doesn't discredit who they were or what um, contributions they made
1: no and realizing that a lot of relationships form out of convenience, right it's mm-hmm. um it's where we work. Mm-hmm. it's where we live. it's the activities that we do. um and that and not being resentful of that fact like that's totally fine. Um, yeah. and it, it, if anything it's it's given me a greater appreciation for the relationships that have that have stayed with me through these different transitions both in my own life and their own and their lives um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because I, I see how much work it takes when a relationship isn't convenient yeah. um, Truly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: so the the friends that I have that I you know I you know when I think back to like my time in Saudi you know there's there's two people in particular that you know I'm regularly in contact with and I know the work that I put into that, and then I can see it reciprocated as well, um, mm-hmm. which then makes them even more important because um, just seeing the difference in in various relationships I've I've had with people.
0: Yeah, well, and I think then there's certain people that make such that everyone's gonna make an impact. I was talking to one of my um, best friends on here about um, just friendship and in general and I one thing I laughed at, I was like you know but some of my favorite people in life have been people I've met for a day and like I've literally like you know especially like traveling I went on a solo trip and we ended up, I, I met this really awesome girl and we like she was the first night going out in Miami it was my first I was there by myself so I didn't know anyone and We end up just like syncing up and like, like being able to be kind of like buddies with each other all night and just had an absolute blast. And I stay in touch with her and, you know, on social media and different things. And so we'll kind of touch base here and there. But like, I truly believe she was meant to be in my life for that period of time. And like, we do stay in touch, but it's like, do I necessarily feel like I need to like go see her more? You know, it's like those things. It's like, it's everything just trusting the greater plan at play, I guess is what I'm trying to say.
1: And and giving up this idea that we have all of this control, right? There's just so many mm. things that are happening. There's just infinite things yeah. that are happening that we can do absolutely nothing about. Um, mm-hmm. And just being okay with that. Like it is what it is. And um, I think in some ways that can narrow your own focus just to what you can
0: control. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, I'm getting a rolled dose of that lesson recently, um, and I'm just trying to lean in because there's so much of life is out of our control, and I think the more that you accept that and almost can appreciate it, like it's almost a blessing that you you are not solely in control, like that there is a greater plan. Then it's like lean back a little bit, like allow because it's all it's all panning out the way it's supposed to. Or at least that's what I always try to trust. That's why I'm always reminding myself: trust in the process, or trust in this. It's all good. It's all good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. It's, you know, I think different people have different words for it, right? Like, you know, for some people, it's faith. um, For some, it's trust. um, You know, it it looks different. But I think it's just an acceptance of our own limitations, (laughs) Yeah,
0: I know. And where we are at every point in time, because what that is going to look like and what that's going to feel like is going to change constantly. And there's like, and getting attached to some way that it's supposed to be, I think is almost a hindrance to us to really appreciate what's actually going on right in front of us. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I know. When do you feel like, is there um, like a point in time where you feel the most at ease or like kind of just like in sync with like who you are and Kind of like what brings you the most joy? Actually, that's a better question. What brings you the most joy right now? What brings me the <laughs> Justin most... Bieber on your shirt? Hold on just a second. Dude, oh. Justin Bieber.
1: <laughs> this is wait a minute, hold on. We're gonna
0: Oh my gosh. That is something I... else. That's classic right there.
1: <laughs> I love this shirt. This shirt brings me a lot of joy. Justin Bieber <laughs> brings me a lot of joy. <laughs> uh.
0: Sorry, I didn't mean to go to off the track there. I like you lean back. It's like just some beer i didn't know what it was oh yeah my God,
1: uh, awesome. phoebe got this from a thrift shop in sydney for me um oh. a couple of summers ago for like 10 bucks it's this is the best value shirt i own 100%.
0: <laughs> you're like i've gotten full use out of this <laughs> i that. wear
1: this shirt um way too often i'm sure I- for a 38 year old man <laughs>
0: Oh, it's actually—it's a great photo too. Like, it's very artistic. It looks very artistic. I like it. I have yeah. a lot of random graphic tees, so yes, yes, don't <laughs> even worry. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, what, what's um bringing joy into your life right now? What's bringing um, kind of that flow? Like, what? How do you, you know, kind of embody that in your daily life?
1: God. Um, hmm. I. That's a tough question. I don't. I don't think my goal um, Mm. is joy, right? I don't think Mm. that's like there are lots of things that bring me joy. Um, There's lots of things that bring me happiness, Um, but I don't think that's usually what I'm like looking for. Driving for Mm -hmm. the goal, um, you know. I think you know the work that I do at school is really important to me. Um, I get Mm. a lot of Satisfaction out of that, mm-hmm. um, not necessarily joy, because it brings me a lot of stress and um, <laughs> anxiety and and all that. But I think that it's, it brings me a lot of purpose and kind of um, self fulfillment in that way. Um,
0: yeah.
1: But I, I think I'm probably I, I guess balance is probably what the goal is, right? I think it's it's some combination of do I feel like my life has purpose in the the difference I'm able mm-hmm. to make. Um, yeah. And hopefully that's more positive than negative. Um, am I doing a good job as a, as a husband and a friend, you know, am I finding time mm-hmm. for those things? Um, and then am I also prioritizing myself as well, which is, it's always kind of a fine balance. I'm,
0: yeah. I'm mm-hmm.
1: pretty self-aware about, you know, the things, you know, my kind of, instincts and what I need versus what's good for me. Right. Those things are not always in the line. Yeah. Um, and so trying to find that balance of like, okay, am I being a good friend and putting those time into the relationships? And then the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, with my wife. Um, and then am I doing, am I feeling like I'm doing a good work as a counselor? Um, mm-hmm. And then am I finding kind of things for myself as well, which is sometimes as, as little as like having a day off, reading a book, you know, taking naps, Mm -hmm. those sort of things, um, and trying to like not overdo it on any one thing, right. Um, Mm -hmm. not let myself go too far in a social direction or too far in putting my head down and just working or too far in a very selfish way where I'm only looking out for the things that I want. Um, and like again like understanding the kind of push and pull of all of that I think I think that's probably what the goal is um mm-hmm. and when I probably feel like I'm doing the best version of myself
0: yeah finding mean, that moderation within it all you know to be able to live um I once heard those like you know there's like it's like a piece of a pie but then the poem person was like you're always juggling multiple things like life is juggling and so like being able and it's not necessarily about holding on to one thing for too long, but it's actually keeping the flow of them moving throughout your life. And I think mm. that that's gonna change depending on what environment you're in, what how much energy you have, all of that. I think the pace of life can shift a lot. And being self-aware enough to be able to like kind of adjust as necessary is definitely, I think, a goal for all of us to be able to strive for.
1: Yeah, I, I like the visual aspect of the of the juggler because I, I think it's really easy in any part of our life to get tunnel vision about one thing Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that can become all encompassing and then it takes on more importance than the other things in our life when it doesn't have to right and trying to Mm -hmm. again Mm -hmm. keep in mind the different pieces of someone's life um, and Mm -hmm. understanding that okay this is maybe not going so well but this over here is um, and this is going fine. And then just kind of those recalibrations. Again, it's, it's just that
0: that
1: check in, right, of like, what is happening? And what am I feeling? And then what decision do I want to make?
0: Yeah. Well, how do I need to evaluate? How do I need to move forward in a more balanced and hopefully connected way, a more centered way? I always know that's like number one for me, like, I need to feel connected to my intuition I need to feel at ease to a certain extent I like to feel at ease and if I don't feel at ease then I know there's something is off for me and if that's within my relationships or within my work-life balance whatever it is like I tend to hyper focus really easy and so it's really it's like something that I've learned over the years is to like not lean too heavily in one area because that's when we get off kilter and usually when something falls to the wayside so it's it's hard to do though, because it's constantly changing. It's not like thing that's constant, like moving and like the barometer is constantly they like the the what I'm trying to think of the pinpoints are like the targets constantly moving, so it's hard to know where it's gonna land
1: well, and then it all comes down to what you were saying earlier about then you do have to trust that it's gonna mm-hmm. work out in some way or that it's gonna be okay or that mm-hmm. you know um and then you you keep making more decisions and you and Hopefully, good about those.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, thank you so much for joining me. I really sincerely. I know I'm so happy we got to like just chat and also just like to hear kind of what's been going on in your life and all the things that have kind of come to fruition for you. It's pretty incredible. I hope that you um, recognize that, just like from the outside looking in.
1: I'm. Yeah. I'm so grateful for, for how things have worked out. And and when I look back at it, I just think about so many times where it could have gone terribly wrong. And um, yeah, you know, again, that, that groundedness of like appreciating those things for do help when, um, when you're having, you know, when I'm having a bad day or a bad moment. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I appreciate uh, coming on here. It's, you know, what's fun is that, you know, you, you watch, people from afar through social media. Um, but I would say that you, like this conversation feels very much like I would have expected, um, from your social media. So like, I don't feel like there's like the person, yourself that you're just putting online. Um, <laughs> it feels like you're living a very authentic, uh, life. So.
0: Thank you. I am truly trying my best. It's, you know, I have good moments and bad moments, but I'm, I'm the more real and honest I am with, who I am the more i am able to connect with people in a more genuine way and if that's on here or just like in life and i think it's like giving faith to other people that people are normal you know like there's like people do have takes, good intentions
1: it also takes less work to to show up that way right to to 100%. be to be authentic and vulnerable. It's just scarier, right? Um, and yeah. it's not as like, you're not wearing all this armor and, you know, holding up these walls, which take a lot of kind of emotional energy. Um, it's just scary mm-hmm. as shit.
0: Yeah, well, cause then you don't really know how people are good. Like what I had to get over, especially within these last few years, was like getting over the idea of like, I can't control how someone else is gonna perceive me. So like, I'm just gonna let go of that. And if I myself, then if they like me or don't like me it's not really within my control but I, at least i know i'm being me and like i like who i am so if they like me too then like great if not all right well yeah. see you later I know. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to hey. say hi bells just hanging out hey bells you can say hi
1: isabella you, you being uh you being authentic too oh,
0: oh man she is the most authentic <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the okay. of, like Kids. being she's that like, young no filter yeah like she doesn't even know to like even put on a filter in any way
1: <laughs> She she's <laughs> like nope
0: uh-uh. she's like i don't know um she is very shy though she doesn't necessarily always love being around new people and so that's been something as so she's have gotten older just for especially with both of her parents being kind of more outgoing people to like for her yeah. for us to be okay with her being shy and not to force her into anything and she has a very discerning eye though she if she was not like someone she literally when she was younger whispering because I don't want her to hear me talking about this when she was younger someone came up to her she didn't want to talk to them she literally put her hand in their face and she would say no don't talk to me And like whip, blank face like (laughs) do not speak to me and I was like Okay, so we're gonna have to work on that because that might be <laughs> a so for some people. But um so I appreciate her honesty and she has been that way through and through.
1: Oh you're no one you to be the, any other way. You're I gonna know, get a I heavy can't. dose of how little you can control as uh, she starts to get older.
0: I know, I know it full facts, and I feel like it's karma because I was like the easiest kid, but then I was um a Little bit of a hellion as a teenager, so I we're gonna please God, no, <laughs> <laughs> I like all that right. she's
1: over there making faces at me.
0: <laughs> she, um, she knows mom well, and especially with like women in real estate and all the stuff, I do a lot of Zoom calls, so she that's always her favorite time to pop in and say hello, um, which I don't mind, it's kind of it is what it is, but um, anyhow, sorry we got off a little off topic, but I appreciate okay. your time and um, just being here. And um, yeah, I'm so excited to continue to kind of watch from afar and um, just to continue to see you blossom, bloom, bloom, boom, bloom. bloom.
1: Well, I appreciate it. This was, this was a lot of fun. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I know. And if people wanted to connect with you, what's the best way to do so?
1: um god anywhere you, they can find me instagram and instagram is probably where i'm most available
0: okay and your handle is
1: uh at ronnie travels
0: there you go because ronnie does travel <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and thank you for listening in thanks for um being a part of this conversation and yeah if you want to connect um at Ferruccino, um on instagram or you can check out my website coaching with fair Uh, We'll hopefully see you next week. See you later.